Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Bishop Malcolm Smith. These teachings are recorded live each week and provided not only here on the podcast, but at youtube.com. Simply go to youtube.com and look for Malcolm Smith webinars in the search engine there. We also want to invite you to go to www.malcolmsmith.org. There you will find other teachings by Malcolm, including books, videos, and MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. Lord be with you, everyone. And before I get to what I want to share, let me remind you that the first weekend in in December, the first weekend of December this year, 2016, we are having a retreat in San Antonio, the Friday, Saturday into Sunday morning. And I would love to see you face to face. We've looked at each other through this camera long enough. I'd love to see you. And our subject for the weekend is the rest that we have in God. And of course, with a weekend like that, we have opportunity of getting really into the meat of it and praying with you. And I know that you will come away from that weekend having made a gigantic step forward in this life in the grace of God. So it's the first weekend of December. Contact our office. uh, Find everything you need in that respect through our website. And you can get that at just malcolmsmith.org or malcolmsmith on the web. And um, let's look forward to seeing you there. Okay. From John's Gospel in chapter 1. We have shared this before sometime, but it came alive to me again. And so with the new life, I'm sharing this with you. In John chapter 1. And it, it's, it's the story. At the end of that chapter, it's the story of Jesus returning from the wilderness, actually, of the temptation, and his ministry has begun. Messiah has burst upon the world, but so quietly, so gently, he calls his first disciples. And down there at the River Jordan, you've had uh, John and Andrew, and then they pick up Philip, And at the end of this chapter 1 of John, Philip has to share with his good friend. And so in verse 44, he says, Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, and hear the sarcasm in his voice, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I mean, give me a break. But Philip said to him, Come and see for yourself. Jesus 
saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, Behold an Israelite indeed, an, an Israelite who's for real, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, how, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and says, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Huh. You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Okay. There's... Uh, many ways we could look at that. I'm just fascinated with Nathaniel, and I'm fascinated with how he meets with Jesus, and maybe especially the things that went on before he met with Jesus. Philip, having met with Jesus for himself, as they're trekking north, toward the Galilee, from down in the deep south where John the Baptist had baptized Jesus, and in the yet further south wilderness where Jesus had confronted Satan in that terrible wilderness. And now they're coming back, and so they're trekking north. And as they do so, they, uh, Philip is picked up, and, and Philip must there's an urgency he's got to go and tell his friend nathaniel concerning jesus now nathaniel he doesn't figure that much in the gospel you don't read much about him in the other gospels that's matthew mark and luke he goes under the name of bartholomew which is a more formal name bar means son of and Tholomew that was his father and so Bartholomew was the formal name of this fellow Nathaniel. Nathaniel appears to be a devout man I'll talk about it in a moment but he was under the fig tree which is where devout Jewish persons of the old covenant would sit and pray and meditate. And so it would be safe to say he's an old covenant believer. That is, everything that has been shared in the Old Testament. Uh, Nathaniel believed it, and thus he was waiting, expecting, dare I even say on tiptoe, for the Messiah, that every prophet pointed to these particular times in which he lived as to when the Messiah would come. Um, he has a high view of Messiah. And that, that was why he was sort of sneering when Philip said that the Messiah that he had found came from Nazareth. Nazareth was a 
uh, it's a Jewish town, but it was alongside of a Roman camp and and all manner of uh, unspeakable sins in, in that combination. And so Nazareth was looked upon as a very uh, watchless, sleazy place. It was, you wouldn't expect to find a lot of decent people there, certainly not a messiah. And, and so Nathaniel almost spits it out. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You've got to be kidding but uh, Philip is in no mood for argument. He said, I met him. Come and see for yourself. Come and meet this person. And so, reluctantly, I would appear, Nathaniel goes with Philip. And as they're approaching Jesus, and of course with Jesus would be Andrew and John at that point, as they're approaching, Jesus makes... Uh, an astounding announcement concerning Nathaniel. He said, behold, he, he says, look at this one. Look at him. He says, Th this one. Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Now from that point on, the rest of the story has continual references to that old Old Testament character that goes all the way back to Genesis uh, Jacob and this is the first reference in these verses he said an Israelite in whom there is no guile and notice he prefaces it by behold it means stop look at this man this is something for you to look at and take in. Jesus is, of course, speaking truth because he is the truth. And so he is giving this astounding character reference to Nathaniel, an Israelite. Now, do you remember the story? Jacob, remember Abraham, then Isaac and then Isaac's two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, well, the very name means uh, deceiver, cheat. It's got all these very negative words attached to it. Um, it it's, uh, I, it's, I'm, I'm trying not to say it, but really it meant liar, it meant hypocrite, it meant speaking out of two sides of your mouth. He's a snake in the grass. And all of that is summed up in this old English word, guile. But you remember Jacob had a meeting with God. And in that meeting that lasted all night, his name was changed, remember? And his name was changed to Israel. And it was given to him to designate the new person that he was become and becoming. And Israel means a prince with God. And, and so, did you hear what Jesus is saying? Here, looking at Nathaniel, here is an Israelite indeed. This is the real McCoy. This is someone, he's not the Jacob, the twister, the liar, the cheat, the hypocrite. This man stands as a prince with God. 
He's got no gall. There's no twist in him. There's no no shadow. This man is for real. Nathaniel listens in amazement. I mean, he he says, I mean, uh, do do I know you? Have we met before? No, I don't know. How, How come that you seem to know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, that is, we're talking the before. Well, what's happening to you right now began with Philip bursting into your house and saying that he had found Messiah. Well, let's go prior to that, into the before. Do you remember that time when you were sitting under the fig tree? Remember that day? I saw you. Now that's cryptic. We we need to take this apart a bit. Unpack it. What on earth? Because when Jesus said that, Nathaniel goes berserk. He's beside himself. He says, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Which Jesus equated with believing. What, what, what caused this? What on earth did Jesus mean when you were under the fig tree I saw you and that brings about this overwhelming response from Nathaniel. Well, how do we look at fig trees? Right at the head of our driveway as you come in by our gate uh, and it was not destroyed by the floods, we have a fig tree. It's getting bigger by the year. And it would really illustrate what this is about. Because they are actually tree tents. You can sort of go into a fig tree uh, through through the, the branches that come down. And inside you are in a canopy, in, in a little tent. And the Israelite of ancient days would go inside his fig tree and there in the privacy, the canopy of the fig tree, he would there pray, and he would wait upon God, and he would read and memorize and meditate on his scriptures. In fact, it was a saying in Israel um, that, that it spoke of perfect peace and harmony. They said, every man sitting under his fig tree, that that is every man in harmony with God and with each other, every man in a condition of rest and peace so that he can enter into such privacy and wait upon God. And so, that's the first thing out of the way. Jesus is referring to a time when Nathaniel had been in his fig tree canopy, in his little private chapel, you might say, Okay, but something happened there. Something happened because the moment Jesus mentioned it, and he's not specific and yet he is. He's saying, before Philip called you, before this journey of yours to see me came about, before before that there was something that happened. 
under the fig tree, remember? And I saw you there. Now, I am going to take a leap. See, it's, it's very obvious. This struck a chord in Nathaniel that, well, I mean, it, it, it sent him nearly crazy for a minute. So, I'm going to take a leap. And that leap is, based on the entire context of these verses that we read, they are all actually about an Old Testament scripture. And I'm going to take the leap that Nathaniel, at a point in the past, had been meditating under his fig tree on what we call Genesis 28. And it is the story of Jacob, okay, we'd already referenced Jacob in this conversation, but this is the story of Jacob when he was fleeing from Esau, his enraged brother. And he comes at nightfall to a city called Luz. And he's afraid to go into the city. He doesn't know who's there, whether they'll accept him or not. And so he takes a stone and makes that the sort of pillow on which to put his head. And he falls asleep exhausted. And as he sleeps, he has a dream, a vivid dream that arrested his night. And as soon as he woke in the morning, he remembered it. The dream, he saw a ladder between heaven and earth, between the abode of God, between the heart of God and earth. And he sees at the top of the ladder in the deep heaven, he sees the Lord, Yahweh, the God of the covenant. And he sees the angels of God ascending and descending upon a ladder. There was communication between heaven and earth. Heaven could send messages to earth and earth could communicate with heaven. It was the goal of the covenant that is revealed to Jacob. The goal of the covenant is union. The goal of the covenant is bringing heaven and earth together. The goal of God's heart is to bring us into his heart. And there is the dream. And, and you might say, well, that's a pretty primitive scripture. Well, considering this was almost the first time that this concept of love was shared with a human I would say it's a very vivid picture of what we're talking about. The, the bringing of the two together. And, and when, when he woke up, he realized, well, he actually said, the Lord was in this place and I didn't realize it. He said, I was just a traveler, exhausted, and I fell asleep. I didn't realize that God himself was here to reveal to me so much. And he called that place Bethel. And if you've read the Old Testament, you'll come across Bethel many times. They, they, they scrubbed the name of the city, Luz, and they recalled it Bethel, which means in Hebrew, the gate or the house of God. 
and and Jacob is still in shock. He said, "This this looks like like a a little crossroads in the middle of a wild wilderness place, but." It's really the house of God was here to show me what he's up to, his designs and desires. He said, this is the gate of heaven. He said, the veil between heaven and earth is so thin, I just fell through in the night and I saw God's heart. And so it was. And... Well, that was passed on, obviously. Passed on to all his descendants and their descendants and their descendants' descendants. It became a part of Israel's hope. That dream of Jacob. This is the hope of Israel. That there shall be that communication, that mending of the brokenness between man and God. Nathaniel was an Israelite. Nathaniel was an Israelite who read his Old Testament. And he knew that as an Israelite, descendant of Jacob, he had a part in that vision. I, I am taking the leap to say that sitting under that uh, fig tree, uh, meditating on that story, it had come alive to him. I mean, it it witnessed in his heart, it danced inside of him that the God of covenant is the God who said he would achieve the union of God and man together. Couldn't forget it. It was so real so real he felt the presence of God in the leaves of the figs sat under the fig tree and realized that God would come to human and bring us human into relationship with him though from where he sat he could hardly put that into words or even dream that concept but he couldn't forget that day couldn't forget it You see, this is the heart of the covenant. It's the heart of the gospel. We talk very glibly, at least in some areas, about sin. And talk about, oh, people are sinners. And you've sinned. And I, I like to stop people and ask them what they're talking about. Because they've got the weirdest understanding of what sin is. And what we've missed is that sin in essence is a broken relationship sin in its heart where where it's it's death is that bubbling poison it is that the the lie of satan that god is against us and we are separated from him Mankind was created for relationship. We were created. It's, it's in the way we are made to be in union with our Creator God. And sin was the lie that came in and split that. Man's relationship with God was broken from the man's side. He perceived God as remote. He perceived God as hostile. 
he perceived God behind the veil, untouchable, unknowable. And mankind was afraid of this God that the lie had painted him to be. And religion was invented. Religion portraying itself as the keeper of the secrets. That is, religion says in many ways and patterns, but religion says, I have the secret. I know how to build a ladder across the chasm to God. If you do this, if you do that, and keep these rules and avoid this, and then the ladder will be built. And so poor human beings in an attempt to please a hostile deity, begin to build religion's ladder, trying to please God and meet with him. But of course, it's all an illusion. There's no ladder. There's no way across. Mankind can't do it. And then there's this dream. The dream. A dream where there's no separation. There is a ladder, a stairway between heaven and earth. Perfect union, perfect connection. And when you think about it for a little bit, that's an outrageous piece of news. There came a dream to a patriarch called Jacob in which he saw in vivid picture a world in which there was no separation between God and his people but rather perfect union a stairway connecting heaven and earth and there was comings and goings upon the stairway And of course this has got nothing to do with religion's law. The law didn't come uh, until Exodus. We're back there, way back there in Genesis 28 when this dream was given. And anyway, when the law was given, keep it all you will, you'll never achieve this. Human beings, mankind, in and of themselves cannot ascend into the presence of God. We can't. We can't based on who we are because we're blind to the truth through this lie that has been injected into the very heart of humankind. We're deaf to truth. We can only hear the lie. Or as the scripture says, we're dead in in sin. Dead, not Uh, meaning that you're dead and gone, Uh, rather dead to truth, dead to all that world of light and life. We can't even think in terms of ascending to the true God. But just a minute, and this is the heart of it. This... This whole thing that's contained in the dream is not man's idea. This isn't mankind didn't bring this up. We've called it Jacob's dream. 
and it is in that Jacob had the dream but this is God's dream that he has infused into Jacob's dreaming state did you hear me this is not primarily Jacob's dream this is God's dream communicated to Jacob this is what God designs this is what he desires this is what he sees this is what he will achieve the union of mankind with himself which in this vivid dream picture is a stairway from the heart of God touching into the earth. It's not a human idea. This is not Jacob's dream primarily. This is God's dream. And he engraved it into this people Israel through the dream he gave to Jacob. And it became what is called the hope of Israel. That is, this is our hope, this is our dream, but prior that, it's God's dream that God and man shall be brought together and shall live one in the other. This is God's passion. It's never been man's passion. Any passion about this that humans have is a response to God's prior passion. This is the longing of love. God is love and the limitless passion and love of this God is that we, his creature humans, would be one with the Trinity family. Or the New Testament language, we would be in in the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, in, so that we would move freely around within the Holy Three. And at the very selfsame moment, Father and Son and Holy Spirit would be in us, moving freely around within all the totality of who we are and our life and all that we touch. That there would be no separation, no over there, up there, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in us as we are in Him. Therefore, where He is, we are. Where we are, He is. No separation. There is a stairway that has come into the heart of God. and the initiative and the determination to achieve that came and comes from the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That day, under the fig tree, where I am making the leap to say that he meditated upon that scripture, it, ne it never left Nathaniel. It left him with a longing. Do, do you know those longings that are beautifully painful? You, you long. There, there's a beautiful ache 
in your heart. I say beautiful because that which you long for is beauty, but it's not here yet. But you've seen it. You almost touched it. And you tasted it, though you couldn't get your teeth into it, but you tasted it, and you can never forget the taste. Do you know what I'm talking about? Under the fig tree, there had come this revelation of God's desire, God's dream given to Jacob of a ladder, stairway, a connection, a communication, a healing, a broken relationship, communication to become one. I don't know how that came, but it came. He couldn't forget it. Full of questions. I mean, questions. How, how can it be? How can it be? I've known that story since childhood, he would say, but... Now it's it, it somehow got down inside of him. How, how can this be? Or to put it this way, the love of God. When I see but a sliver of the love of God, it disturbs me greatly. Disturbs because it challenges so much that my ancestors believed and passed on to me. Oh yes, please understand when you really get that God is love and he always operates in grace and gift, it can produce great disturbance along with great longing as you dare to believe you've seen the truth. You've touched reality. God's dream for the human race. God's dream for you is a very upsetting matter to the human and especially the religious human. It upsets that religious comfort zone that we find ourselves in, if you could call it comfort but we, we feel at home there in some sick kind of a way. See, the meditation under the fig tree prepared him for this encounter that he's having with God's dream become flesh. You, you understand, before before there's a great upheaval in our lives that ends up in our standing strong in truth and knowing the fullness of God's gift, before that there's quite a bit of upheaval. Of course there would be, because the whole of what we call life is going to be blessedly turned upside down. You know, if you take the parables and you're the lost coin, before the hand that came out of the darkness to grasp hold of the coin and bring it to where it belonged. Before that, there was an awful racket going on, most disturbing. Furniture was being moved. Candles were waving around in the darkness. And you, you follow me? Someone's looking for the 
coin and it's very disturbing to the coin. The whole of its world is being moved before out of the darkness comes the hand of joy. I have found my coin. But prior to that, there was quite a, a mess going on. You know, if you're the sheep of the other parable and, and you're, you're lost and you're not going anywhere and then you hear a footfall and you hear rocks falling as feet are sliding on, on those slippery slopes and then you hear a voice that resonates inside your sheep heart yeah shepherd's coming but this is the it's a different morning to all the other mornings or as you are coming down the road in fear and trepidation that you'll be fully rejected because of your past suddenly you hear the sound of panting sobs of joy feet running and then bursting through the bushes an old man that grabs you and hugs you you understand that's all very upsetting if you were not ready for it there's when the love of God shows up in your life or rather you begin to see the love of God that's always been there it's the questions sometimes you wish you'd never heard the questions sometimes you wish it was just like in the old days when you were dead as a dinosaur sitting in your church pew that everything's changed and you can never be the same you've been caught in the magnetic field of the energy of God love see it was under that fig tree that Nathaniel became aware of God's activity this dream as I say it was not Jacob's dream primarily it was God's dream and it was given because God was moving relentlessly toward bringing this to pass in the human race and under that fig tree Nathaniel becomes aware of God's activity in his life he, he feels the pull of God's love and that pull translates into how our feelings and perceptions uh, as uh, questions and this longing as well as the concerns and disturbances or you could say sitting there he tasted of God's goodness taste and see that the Lord is good well that's yes and once you have a taste of God everything else tastes like slop water spoiled for religion can never never be happy again in that restless now he was very content but now restless dissatisfied with what he was very satisfied with before but what I guess I'm trying to say to you don't be afraid of longings after such a relationship with God 
even though you feel you haven't really got your teeth into it yet and you're, you're longing, you've seen enough that it's a pain that I long for this beauty. Um, don't be afraid of that. I'm excited. I'm excited. Don't be afraid of your questions. He will answer them. He'll answer them. It shows you're waking up. You're alive again. Or you could put it this way. The cup is being shaped by the potter to hold the water of life. All of your longings, all of your disturbances with what used to be your normal way of life, all the dissatisfaction, all the questions, they're being, that, that's the cup, you say. And when the water of life comes, it's into that cup. Or to put it this way, yes, let me put it this way. We wouldn't know the answers of God's heart to yours unless we had the questions. The questions are terribly important. If you're full of questions, well, when he comes and is the answer, you'll thank God you had the questions, or the answer would have come and you wouldn't even have noticed it to be an answer. Does that make sense? And that's the state he was in when Philip burst through the door. We found him. We found him. The one that was spoken of in the Old Testament prophets. We found him. And really, the, the, the feeling is that Nathaniel doesn't need this. He, he's obviously got himself joined up with some cult or other. and We don't need this. But Philip, even though he blunders a little bit in telling his story, Philip, go with Philip, man. Go with Philip. Go with Philip. This is it. You're just a few minutes away from all of this fitting together. And then he walks toward Jesus. And Jesus says, when, before Philip called you, see, before, way back, before, when you were under the fig tree, remember? Mm-hmm. I saw you. What? You were there under the fig tree in my canopy. You were inside everything that was happening that I was seeing. You were there? Oh, yeah. What, 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 what inspired you? See? What excited you? What was that current of life that caught a hold of you? I was there, said Jesus. I saw you. But it was in time to reveal myself. But here it is. I saw you under the fig tree. We meet again, Nathaniel. That gives me goosebumps, you see. Because I've had experiences like that. Where, when there has been a revelation in my heart that's too big for words, too big for my brain. And I've been reeling giddy with it. 
afraid of it. Actually, it's too big, I, and I don't want to get into error. This, this is too big for me. And and then it's opened up, and this happened, and that happened, and suddenly you realize that the Jesus I'm now meeting is the one who inspired those thoughts back there. We meet again. I was not imagining it. It wasn't heresy. We meet again. That was Jesus speaking in my heart, and now he's revealing himself. And the response to that by Nathaniel, you're the son of God, you're the king of Israel. It would be an absolute truth to say Nathaniel did not understand what it meant son of God at that point in time. But he recognizes then you're the one in whom all this fits together. Then you must be of God. And then when he said king of Israel, that's another expression for Messiah. Jesus says, are you amazed? Because I said that I saw you under the fig tree. Well, I suppose it is a bit amazing. But that's nothing. And then he said, we, we translated in my New American Standard here as truly, truly. Your older versions say verily, verily. There's, I suppose, as good a way as any to try and say. It, it means stop everything to listen. Because I am speaking to you now an undeniable eternal truth. Tr strong language. Only Jesus ever used that expression. Truly, truly. He said, you think that the fact I saw you in the midst of your meditation, well, let's talk about that meditation. You are going to see, he said, you, you, Nathaniel, you, you shall see the heaven opened. That is what you perceived heaven to be a closed door. And God is that much remote. Well, you're going to see every door and window of heaven open. You're going to see heaven opened. And you're going to see, Nathaniel, a stairway, but that stairway is the Son of Man. And you will see, now our Bible says, angels ascending, descending. And I'll accept that as being creatures that are the unique messengers of God and specifically servants of us. But in actual fact, the word angel is an untranslated Greek word, angelos. And here we go again. Why didn't they translate it? I really don't know. I don't know. Because it simply means a messenger. And can be applied to human beings as well as heavenly beings other than us. And so either you see these angels ascending and descending as our servants, as Hebrews chapter 1 says,
or it could be a way which in the translation doesn't come through but it could actually be us because that fits the New Testament that we, you and I have this free free and I mean as free as walking along a road free as a bird we have freedom or as the New Testament boldness to enter into the very and immediate presence of Father and Son and Holy Spirit and Jesus said that Old Testament story of a ladder a stairway well I'm telling you now the ultimate truth has come that ladder that stairway is me you shall see the angels, the messengers, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He is the Son of God, as Nathaniel had said, but he is the Son of God who became the Son of Man. Son of Man means the fullness of mankind. He came inside our gut humanness, and through that coming and through that life that ensued and through his death through resurrection and ascension he is he is the way stairway into the heart of God and the Holy Spirit is bringing that stairway into our hearts and establishing and enlivening and explaining and educating that communication. Jesus is the ladder firmly in this earth so that all of earth may through him go to the Father. Notice he didn't show them a stairway it is not that he came to show a stairway like it's been hidden but I, I know the secret it's you know say these words and go to this place and you'll find the stairway to heaven no 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 it's no formulas he did not show them the stairway he is the stairway nor did he give them blueprints of how to make stairways into heaven there are none he said, I am the stairway. You shall see, Nathaniel, heaven is opened. There's, there's a ten mile wide freeway into the heavens. Boldness. It's open. And that freeway into heaven is me. He says, inside of me join to me one with me you are there one with the father and with the holy spirit didn't he say later on i am the way i've told you this before but um it really does say it and so um forgive me and those of you that haven't heard it hear it <laughs> when I was in a village in Africa and had to go on to another village and so I said to the mission missionary there do, do you have a compass do you have a map can you show me the pathway to this other village it's pretty thick jungle out there and and he said I'll 
give you someone and he called this kid he couldn't have been more than 10 years old just had a little loincloth on and I looked at him <laughs> I'm going to plunge into a jungle I don't know where I'm going and this 10 year old is gonna, I, I still had like a map I'd like a compass and, and the kid looked up at me and he says pa which is term of respect there he said pa and he hit himself on the chest he said I am the map I am the compass I am the path through the jungle follow me and he plunged into the jungle and I followed and he was that the living map the living compass I, I didn't have to think my way through the jungle just commit myself to that kid he was the way that's that's the idea you know we, we see we look for blueprints we want formulas we want maps and Jesus says I am the way I I'm the map I'm the compass I I'm, I'm everything just surrender commit jump into my arms and we're there It's, it's a simple fact that there are many persons who are still under the fig tree with, with Nathaniel. You've caught a glimpse of this, and yet you've never tasted it. Jesus is the stairway. Jesus is the dream of the Father become flesh. The dream that he gave to Jacob has now been fulfilled in this person of Jesus the Lord. And, and all our questions and longings are in the midst of this concept, uh, this lying concept of separation that um, you know we're separated from God and we've got to try and find a way back. It's a lie. In Jesus Christ, there is no separate, no separation, no separation, no separation. The, the language of Jesus could not be stronger. It's in. He said, in that day, which is the day now in which we live? He said, in that day, I will be in you. You will be in me. And you will know that I am in the Father. Could, could it be plainer? In. You can't get any closer than in. And, and the in keeps getting tighter. He said that he is in the Father. That is, there is no place in the Father where he does not have access no place in the Father that is not His. He moves freely in the Father, and the Father moves freely in Him. Each is the other's world. Each is the other's strength. Each is the other's delight and love. And the Father sent this, the delight of the Father. His only begotten Son sends Him in to you, that you might be in Him, in Him who is in the Father, 
him who the Father is in, so that another time Jesus said in that day when the Holy Spirit has come, we, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, will come in to you and you will be in us. In, in, in. It can't, there's no separation within. Look, here. Look, I've got dollars here. I put dollars in the book. I mean, you couldn't get any... There's no separation there between those dollar bills and that New Testament. None. And you, I announce to you the truth of God against every lie that might be bombarding your mind. You are, by God's initiative, by the grace that came in Jesus Christ, by the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are in Christ and Christ is in you and you in Christ is in the Father and the Father is in you in Christ. Sit back, stretch, get used to this. You are living in heavenly places while your feet are squarely on the earth and you still work down there at the office in the factory. But as you work, as you live, as you are in your home with your family, at the self-same moment, that is totally inside Jesus, inside the Father, and therefore the Father and Jesus are sharing that with you. You cannot move in life without the Holy Union moving in you and with you. That's God's dream fulfilled and was fulfilled in Jesus, and you were there involved This is the news I bring to you. Leave religious separation anxiety forever. Flush it down the toilet. And simply yield. It is so, you see. It is so. Therefore I yield to the is. I yield into love's arms. And I let love tell me, you're home. For this you were made. For this I died, for this I rose from the dead, for this I ascended. Now rejoice with me, I found my sheep that was lost. And incidentally when I say those words, I'm not talking to unbelievers, I'm talking to believers as surely as Nathaniel was a believer. But there was a place in the love of God he could only long for, had tasted in an instant and was spoiled for everything else come home into God's dream now the blessing of God who is almighty love the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit God who is love bless you open the eyes of your understanding flood you with divine light love that you shall awaken to who you truly are in Christ, in the Father so I bless you and declare that is the way it is